0: It is Tuesday, April 7th. I'm Kevin Sully, joined by Gordon Mack with a backwards hat today. I like the different fashion styles that we're getting to see from everybody.
1: Yeah. Well, I had a bad hair day in the morning, so (laughs) I audibled and put on my great orange hat, which is a gritty hat, hashtag Flyers for life. Mm. I mean, I like the Flyers, but they're not my (laughs) number one team. But yeah. Yeah. I wish there was mascots, more mascots in track and field. That would be great, right? We don't see that. You
0: So Berlino in 2009, everybody loved Berlino. Like That was like universally the best mascot. And then after that, I feel like we went completely away from mascots, didn't we? I mean, I know they well, have them, but no one's branded as like, oh, this is going to be
1: the mascot. But you don't want a mascot of the athletics championships. You want the mascots to be – for the teams. Like, you want a oh, USA mascot showing up to the track meet. You want a Jamaica mascot showing up at the track meet. You want to see them fight. You want to see them do, like, fake competitions before the actual competition. That's what we need. I mean, and it'd be cool if, like, every year, like, the mascot for USA is, like, different or, like, improved or just, like, you know, mm-hmm. you know, just, like, they change it up every year or two. So you get excited about the new mascot. Like, ooh, this time it's. You know it's not an eagle this time this time it's a porcupine or something like that. I don't know, but like it would be cool right to see like a what would the Jamaica mascot be? yeah, I, no,
0: that's a good idea. I was thinking it of it in the context of the event, and Lincoln and yeah. I last year in Doha we saw follow we found follow the Falcons changing room and we wanted to do an investigative piece on Follow the Falcon, but you're right, that person's just there giving hugs and high fives to everybody. We want something that. Is more competitive something that tries yeah. to be better than the other mascot i'm with you i have no idea it would be cool too if countries sent as many mascots as athletes like they only had one athlete qualify but on the plane with them was the mascot
1: yeah so one mascot per country so yeah it would be great
0: I Just a ton of mascots
1: <laughs> this is a good uh, article for lincoln to start brainstorming it's like if we had mascots in track and uh, like describing and Art, use it. You, you, you could hire Sari to write the to draw the, the visual of what the mascot will look like using her art, her art expertise. That'll be great. I like this. We no, this, this is
0: actually good. What? Yeah. What every country's mascot should be is actually a very good, content idea. I know we didn't start this podcast today with the intention of you, dropping awesome content ideas, but there we are. And it's only been what two minutes, three minutes. Well, this is good. Yeah,
1: People should email the podcast, flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com, with mm-hmm. great mascot ideas for these mm-hmm. teams. Like, what would the Team USA mascot be? You know, what would the Jamaica team be? What would the, the Irish team be? You know, I, I want to know. Yeah. This is I awesome.
0: Mean, and unfortunately, I didn't think of this before we started because then that could have been the topic for this podcast. Instead, I'm just rehashing what you and Lincoln did yesterday with your podcast and the greatest what ifs. Um, but I was listening to it as I was running and I came up with some more. Mine are a bit different because Lincoln, that was Lincoln's list, right? Or was that your list? That was
1: Lincoln.
0: Yeah. So his were box office, right? He's got some really big names involved in there. He's got the major events. Mine are are also involving some big names because those are interesting, but they're not as maybe well known. A little bit off the beaten path with some of these things. So I came up with what do I, got? I have five here. Ooh, okay. I have five here, yeah. And we also got some emails about what-ifs, too, that we can read at the end. But I'll just jump right in here. Um, what if... We'll start with with Nick Simmons here. What if Nick Simmons didn't sit out the 2015 IAAF World Championships over a dispute with USATF?
1: Man, this is has a lot of you know, uh, what's the butterfly effect? I feel like this is the mm-hmm. ultimate butterfly effect, what if, because it involves two runners, obviously it involves Nick Simmons, but also involves Clayton Murphy. And we all know mm. Clayton Murphy running in 2015, he was just a kid from Akron, kind of like LeBron James, just a kid from <laughs> Akron, uh, who then got the opportunity to run at that championship, uh, kind of got, got him ready to go into 2016. And 2016 was his breakout year where he basically won every race at the NCA level, made the Olympic team and then bronze. And then his career is just forever changed. And now he's going to be an elite world, uh, global talent level for the rest of his career. The mm-hmm. question is, does he have that without this 2015 second round exit experience in the 800? Now one would say, well, he has the talent talent isn't just because of one race. So, Maybe he still would have had his type of career that he's currently on. But maybe it gets delayed a year. And if it gets delayed Mm -hmm. a year, maybe if twenty sixteen is his you know, first attempt at the global level and he gets knocked down the second round, twenty sixteen doesn't happen, meaning twenty sixteen he doesn't win bronze. Meaning twenty seventeen is the year Clayton Murphy wins bronze. And if twenty seventeen is the year Clayton Murphy wins bronze, that's also the year where he doesn't make the team. So I mean, someone on the 800 meter team doesn't make it, right? So who made the 2017 mm-hmm. team? It was. It was. Harris, made, right? It was, it was Brazier, Harris, and. Oh, man. But buried? I. I... Barry? No, it wasn't Barry. No, I'd look uh, it up
0: right now, but my internet would
1: die. So. Okay. But anyway. That athlete who made a 2017 team then doesn't make it. Basically, everyone gets shifted a year, and it just screws up all of what has happened. Maybe Bryce Hopple now doesn't have the year he had in 2019, and now Hopple is coming back for a senior year at Kansas to actually have the run he had. And Bryce Hopple then, as a result, doesn't get to run his senior year because of coronavirus, meaning Bryce Hopple misses out on a contract. Wow. So much wow. is happening. Like, Nick Simmons is the reason Bryce Hopple has a contract, in my opinion, <laughs> because everything gets shifted a year up, which means Bryce Hopple is the last person to get shifted, and he gets shifted into 2020 from 2019 to 2020, and Corona shifts Bryce Hoppel from 2020, two years, all the way to 2021. Man, it's crazy. You took that farther than I thought you would, but very impressed
0: with the butterfly effect <laughs> there i was just looking at it from that that short-term murphy perspective of gets the experience and that probably helps him get that bronze in rio now let's look at it from the simmons perspective that was the last team he made that was one of the most impressive nick simmons races of his career at usa's right It, it was only his third meet running the 800 comes in under raced still pulls out a u.s title um i mean he had this amazing streak of of making teams we all know about that then he has a dispute with USC ATF, doesn't run, doesn't make another team, and that was pretty much it, right? 16, he pulls out of the trials, and then 17, he just ran the first round, right, and didn't didn't advance. He got injured. Okay, let's go back and look at that twenty sixteen or 2015 World Championship race. Now, might, people might say, hey, David Orisha won, so there's no way Nick Simmons would have won. Do you know what they went out in the first 400 in the Intermeter Final?
1: Uh What? Wow. Whoa, I see where you're going. I see where you're going with this.
0: Rudisha won in 145. Now, okay, say Simmons doesn't beat Rudisha. He gets silver. He already had a silver from 13, blah, blah, blah. Nothing's different. Everything's the same. Rudisha wasn't having a crazy year that year leading into it. His best time coming into it was 143. He was beatable then. And he was specifically beatable in that type of race. Now, maybe he wouldn't have run that type of race if Nick Simmons was in the race. We don't know. But it was one of those. I rewatched it this morning before we started recording. It was one of those things where 100 meters to go, everybody's in it, Gordon. And Radisha is just holding people at bay and eventually gets a little bit of separation, a little bit of separation. And then by the end, he's well clear. But it was a complete mess with 200 to go. Adam Schott tries to pass Radisha on the inside. Radisha's like, excuse me, son. Do you know who I am? Do you know my name? No, get out of here. Uh amel Tuuka's there. Like, who do you want in a RG bargy tactical rough and tumble race? Right. I you mean, you want Nixon? Yeah, yeah. That that was that was almost a better setup than 2013 when he had a shot at gold and he ends up getting silver, with the exception of the fact that the greatest 800 meter runner of all time wasn't in the race in 13 and he was in 15, but. I would listen to the argument and seriously consider the argument that, that Simmons had at least a puncher's chance at getting gold in those world championships.
1: Whoa. I mean, I just always booked in the wrote down in my, what if your book uh, that Nick Simmons had no chance and that's, you know, part of the coming like he kind of scratched because he kind of knew like, Hey, what's better publicity or out in the second round, you know? But maybe now that I think about it, like maybe Simmons would have made that final. Maybe Simmons would have appreciated the 54 opening lap. And then maybe Simmons with 200 meters to go would uh, shocked the world. Um, man, that would be very unique. I can't – I definitely I wish- think
0: he would have made the final, right? I mean he makes finals. That's what he does. So I, I mean he was running well enough. Then I mean, he goes in under race too, which I think is good, right? Like he's going to be fresh – going into those those world championships just because he didn't race um a ton and then he yeah he doesn't run and then 16 obviously works out the way it did and then he was he was never i mean that was like injuries and stuff and then that was very clearly the drop-off was precipitous at that point which goes to show you how fickle the life of a pro athlete is it's like one year you're the usa champion and then the next year um can't get to the starting line and then two years later i mean he was uh what, running like one forty eight since one forty seven. I don't have the times in front of me, but just trying to get, trying to get any form back. But in fifteen, I think we forget he was, he was really good. And the timing isn't always what you think it is. Like people win championships and win major marathons when we don't expect them to. And I think that might have been one. But I really like your connecting Murphy to Bryce Hoffel's contract. That was impressive.
1: Yeah. What do you think, uh, Simmons? reaction when he's sitting down on the couch watching that Hunter final and he sees it go out in 54 knowing that like he could have been there do you think he has regret with what the the stunt he pulled i guess you called a stunt i don't know do you think he has regret or do you think when he sees that damn man i could have ran 145
0: i asked him that at one point and to be honest i don't really remember what he I don't think he had regrets. I I remember that much of it of just like, yeah, he would have liked to run, but it was to him. It was about this other, this other piece of it. Um, He's also smart, right? He's very, he thinks through everything and, you know, unless he was going to go out there and and break a world record and, and definitively have a gold medal. I think he realizes his, his career trajectory would not have changed that much. Um, Drew Wendell was the other 800 meter qualifier in 2017, by the way. Not uh I said barian, so
1: yeah,
0: yeah, the ripple effect is large there. Let me give you another one here from the distant side of things, the United States. What if Gordon, what if Jenny Simpson stayed in the steeple chase?
1: okay, so when did Jenny switch from steeple? when did she retire from steepling?
0: Her last steeple was two thousand nine. World Championships. She got the American record and finished fourth, and that was it.
1: What was an American record at the time? She probably ran like nine, twelve, nine,
0: thirteen, nine, fourteen, something like that. Didn't write it down. Again, yeah. I don't want to freeze my computer by looking it up.
1: Yeah. So nine. What would have happened if she stayed? I think uh, Jenny goes down as. I'm going to say it. Not as an impressive. Like, not as an all-time great – like, she she wins less medals. She isn't – her contract is less – I think that Mm -hmm. her career – her career resume takes a a little bit of a – takes an L, you know? So you think this is
0: the right decision?
1: Yes, 100%. I think that uh, she would have – yeah, I think she – would have been faster. Yeah, she could have. She would have gone faster. Been like a sub nine ten steepler. Maybe go all the way down to sub nine oh five, flirt with nine flat. Uh, but I think that her resume of her consistency of winning multiple medal medals year in and year out, uh, mm-hmm. not multiple but a medal year in and year out. Um, I don't think she would have had that with just the steeple. I think that the steeple got a lot better as years went on. Um, for some doping reasons, but also just because it got better uh but uh I think that, yeah, I think her eclectic set of medals wouldn't have occurred if she stuck with just the steeple. that's my opinion. what do you think it was um
0: it was i I agree in twenty eleven it was already vindicated. she goes and wins a gold medal in her first time out right in the fifteen hundred her first championship year just focusing on the fifteen hundred I think if she stuck with it. I think she'd be right with where Coburn and frericks are now, right? Like just now that we have the benefit of knowing how fast she is in the 1500, her 5,000 meter times are good. Like there's no reason to think she wouldn't be there. The U S women's steeplechase team would be nuts. Um, it wouldn't be as hard maybe as the U.S. S four meter hurdle team, but there'd be something about those barriers and U S trials that would make it very, very interesting when you talk about Coburn Frericks, Quigley and then, and then Simpson. um, but yeah, you can't argue with the – she's only missed one final since 2012, and she's got four medals in an event. And yeah. that event has been populated by people that have tested positive as well too. Same with the steeple. Probably more so in the 1500. But here's a butterfly effect on top of a butterfly effect. Okay? Do you want to I, mean, I this think yet? I know where you're going
1: with this. Go for it. I think I know I'm, where you're taking I'm going it. To, yeah. I'm
0: going to 2011. Do you remember 2011? You were pretty
1: young in 2011. Young, young lad. I was a young lad. Well, that's nine years. Dude, when I think of 2011, I think it's like four years ago. But then, when you really think about 2011, it's almost ten years ago. <laughs>
0: That's crazy. Do, do, you, do you remember? Do you remember who the best US 1500 meter runner was that year before the World Championships?
1: Uh, on the women's side. Yeah. Uh, Moser.
0: No. Morgan Ussy. Uh, Morgan Ussy was number oh, yes. One ranked in the world. Yes, yeah, so And fell. she was the favorite. She fell with about 500 meters to go in Daegu. And I went back and I watched that race. And I think because she also fell in 2012, everyone was like, oh, it's Yuseni's fault. She just puts herself in bad positions and bad tactics. At least in 2011, I don't – it wasn't her – someone fell in front of her and she just went over her. And it was O'Biri too. In both of them, 11 and 12, O'Biri was involved. Um, I mean – that's another what if inside this other what if, right? If Morgan Euston, he stays on her feet, he, she probably wins that race in twenty eleven, in Daegu, I think. Which then like she was that good
1: over over. That's a, uh, don't tell Jenny that.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, she was what made the Jenny race so crazy was she was a huge underdog. I mean, she was a, obviously yeah. a solid runner, but twenty eleven leading into it, she was. Now you can't put everything into times in the fifteen hundred, but it's it's not like. She was blowing it out of the water. Like, Usini was the one who was really taking it to these Diamond League races. She had a, a strong finishing kick. Um, again, 1500s, hard to predict based on the regular season, but um, she was really good. And I think that, so that would have been interesting, right? She wins in 11. That means Simpson doesn't win. Does then Simpson then go back to the steeplechase after that, right? And, you know, it's like if she doesn't have that great race, does she then go back to the steeple? And with Useny, it's just insane how good she was in 11 and 12 and never got a chance to get a real finishing result because of falls both times. What were you going to say was the was the butterfly effect I was talking about?
1: Well, I was going to say, when you think about the current steeple landscape on the women's side, it's you have the big three in Coburn, Frericks, and Quigley. Now, does someone like Quigley, if Jenny Simpson is in the steeple conversation and only three. Qualified does Quigley make a decision to kind of focus more on the fifteen hundred, and do we see mm. Quigley in fifteen hundred meter world finals? Remember, Quigley was a great miler in college, and she has some speed. She's run the mile at USA's a couple times and finished top two.
0: I she mean, beat Hulahan years
1: ago. She beat Hulahan. Like, do you think Quigley could have been could then have the career that Jenny could have been like starting? The career that jenny started in 2011 you know what i mean and mm-hmm. that quickly starts that in 2015. it's like you swapped them yeah right yeah, yeah. swaps the whole
0: uh i think I, th- I mean i think jenny would have been good at whatever she did she just seems like the person who's gonna rise up and figure out a, ma- a way to make it work 1500 i think really suits her skills because she's she's a really he- heady runner but Yeah. You don't know how much of this is derived off of, and this is like kind of the theme that you and Lincoln were talking about the concept of, of momentum, right? Oh, you get this one win and then it leads to the next win and then you stay in this event. And then now all of a sudden, Hey, you've racked up a couple world titles. We'll never know how much that 2011 gold medal did for, for Simpson's confidence as it related to, because she goes the next year, right? 2012. That's the one final she missed in this whole run between 2011 uh, 2019, the one time she missed it was that next year, and it didn't it's not like it derailed her, no, she came back in 13 and then got a silver medal, and then she 15, she made the final but didn't medal, and then 16, she's fine like she's been able to, to weather all these little bumps along the way so her maybe less so than other people, but I mean Quigley, you're right, put her in the 1500 and she's she's vying for teams as well, right?
1: Yeah I mean, you think about the training that Schumacher has done with with Shelby, right? You got to imagine she would be picking up and doing the same workouts as Shelby does for 1,500-meter training. And, you know, you got to imagine Schumacher clearly is showing he knows what to do with some 1,500-meter speed, showing how he's able to turn Josh Thompson from a a miler-steepler all of a sudden into a great 1,500-meter runner. I mean, he's got the standard already. And, obviously, Shelby – knows I run the 15. He, he's keeping Centro healthy in the 15, you know? So mm-hmm. uh, I think that Quigley could have become a, could be easily become, could have became a world class 15 meter talent. Mm hmm. If she decided to do it one? because Jenny was in the steeple. So yeah, next one. Let's go.
0: Two down. Yeah, oh, well, I we think... yeah here we go. Next one. Next one. Um, man, how weird do I want to get? Okay, I'll save the really weird one for last. Okay. What if, What if? We'll stay in that same era, though. We'll go back a year. Well, forward a year from when Simpson left the steeple. Back a year from when she won the gold medal to 2010. Gordon, as you know, 2010 is something we call a non-championship year. Now, it wasn't pandemic-related. This is a pandemic-related non-championship year. This is a garden-variety non-championship year. What if? What if There happened to be world championships that year because either the IAAF decided, hey, let's not have an off year because that doesn't make sense. Or just the way the calendar fell, 2010 was a championship year. Do you want me to run down some of the the storylines that would have been there?
1: Yes, let's go through that. So remind people of what happened in 2010. So people, Because, again, people think 2010 was four years ago like myself, but it actually was 10 years ago.
0: So I'll run through a couple of these things. Uh, Ilya Kipchoge was the number one ranked 5,000-meter runner. Chris Zielinski ran 26.59, 12.55, 12.56, and another 12.56. Andrew Weeding ran 3.30 in Monaco after his senior year at Oregon. David Rudisha was still David Rudisha, I think 141.01, 01, the record before the record, before the other record. You had Jeremy Warner leading the world in the 400, and you had Bolt. You had Usain Bolt who ran a 1956 in May, but then later that year lost to Tyson Gay in a hundred. So you could have, you could with Bolt, you could take this two ways. Hey man, maybe he could have actually lost a global championship or Hey, he could have had a in prime championship because he, this was only one year after nine, five, eight and 1919. Maybe we missed out on a peak Bolt year, even though he was injured, maybe the injuries don't happen if he's more prepared because there's a championship there. Which one of those things is the most interesting to you?
1: Well, from the the American perspective, obviously and the distance fan American is thinking about Chris Zelensky being in the best shape of his life, having a chance to be in a global championship. What happens, right? Does Mm -hmm. that translate to a medal? Does, if it does translate to a medal, does that medal then translate to a longer career? Uh, Does it translate to maybe less injuries because the pressure's now off? You know, because sometimes, you know, injuries happen and we don't know why they happen, but I feel like there's always some mental reason to an injury, whether you're trying too hard, you're not trying hard enough, you know, all these different mental factors of pushing yourself in the wrong direction that can cause Mm -hmm. an injury. Um, And I think it's, you know – Chris Zelensky, then maybe he – it just changes. I mean, Chris Zielinski you kind of think of like as a one-hit wonder in a weird way because when you think of his name, you think of that Peyton Jordan race and that's it, right? You don't think about anything else he's ever done. You don't really think about what he did in Wisconsin or in high school. You just think about that one race. And I think that one race is just so important because – that, that was his world championship because he just never was healthy for one or, ne- or never was fit for one. So I think um, it it just changes the – maybe it makes Zelensky like more of like a Tegan camp and he kind of just comes up like – becomes more of a – like blends in with like, you know, just a, a solid guy who makes teams, uh, maybe gets fifth or sixth at, at global championships – but because you, we have, like, the what if on Zelensky of, like, we really don't know what the best Zelensky could have been. But we have this, mm-hmm. like, moment in Stanford at 10 o'clock at night. And we kind of just hold on to that. Because if if we just look at that, we can just look in the lens that Zelensky was, like, this awesome talent and, like, everything is great because it's just of such a positive experience. And we don't have to worry about, like, hit the rest of his career. But Mm -hmm. if there was a 2010 championships and he has his Peyton Jordan moment and then he goes to the global championships and, you know, gets 10th, that moment I feel like gets less – is less special because we're kind of like, oh, I guess it really wasn't that big of a deal because that moment translated to a 10th-place finish. But now if that moment translated to a a third-place finish or a medal, then all of a sudden it's like – it just changes. I, I'm kind of talking in circles a little bit. What I'm trying to say is well, it changes Selinski from it, – it's the biggest what if on Selinski because we we always have that what if on Zelensky. We have that what if. What if he ran after those three sub-13s and that sub-27? If he was mm-hmm. ready to go, we don't know, right? We just don't know. He
0: said this. He just piled on more and more, and that's why he got hurt that's why he got hurt. Remember he's like walking down the stairs or something and his his he had this really violent hamstring injury, especially when you consider it was just doing something mundane like walking down the stairs. People know him as the best American distance runner never to make an Olympic team. Even if he got 10th that year in the World Championships. So I think we would still remember that moment. It was barrier breaking. He everything was set up for Rupp. He kind of stole the show. Um Obviously, first American under 27 minutes. There was all this other stuff that I think would lead us to believe that that was a a huge standalone moment. The three times under 13 um, are incredible, right? So it wasn't just a – I mean, you're saying one hit. It's more like a one season, I think, really, when we're talking yeah, about – that's what I mean by
1: one hit, yeah.
0: solinski, but, but that was such a good season. Think if he did go and medal that year. This was before – Rupp was meddling. This was before Centro was meddling. This was before Evan Jager was meddling. This was before Paul Cholimo was meddling, and Nick Simmons was meddling. And on on the men's side for the United States, there was Meb in the marathon, right? And that was pretty much it. So if there was a twenty nine, uh, two thousand ten championships, and he went there and got a medal, like he would have, he would have been the guy who fulfilled the promise of Alan Webb of this huge talent who's finally able to get it done. On the global stage. So that you're right. I I agree with you. I mean, Bolt is interesting because there's a million different ways Bolt's career could go, but from a from a distance running perspective, like Bolt still got to go back and the next year he wins medals and stuff like that. With Selinski, uh, you feel bad. You feel bad for anybody whose big year is a non-championship year, right? Because even if the rest of their career goes perfect, there's always questions about well, but that year was the best. And that you want that year to be when there's a medal on the line. Ideally ideally in Olympics, but you'll take a world championships. Worst case scenario is that where you have that non-championship year. And that's what it was for, for, for Solinski. And we, and we, weeding too, right? I mean, weeding made teams. So it's a little different. But 330 weeding, he's experienced, but he's not to the tailor end his career. Still has that youthful exuberance, that big kick. I would have liked to seen him in a championship that year too.
1: Do you think there's any athlete right now who is this Corona? Like you said, like yeah, 2010, you're you're in best shape of your life and there's no world championships, you know, not to, I mean, Carissa Schweizer is still very young, right? So it's not like I'm not putting an end to her career, but you, I think like, Imagine if Krista Schweizer has, like, a, she's clearly having the best year of her young career in the beginning part of 2020. Mm-hmm. What if she gets hurt in 2021 and then always just gets, like, hurt, hurt, hurt and kind of – I mean, I hope this doesn't happen and I don't think – it. but what if that happens? She'll look back at 2020 being like, man, I could have been a global medalist potentially at the Olympics, and now it's all for naught, right? You never know.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, there's people this applies to in 2014. There's people this applies to in 2018. And you're absolutely right. There's going to be people when we're doing this podcast in 2030 and we're looking back and we're have 10 years and we're saying, Hey, who really in 2020, who really missed out because the championships were canceled? Uh, we'll be able to come up with a long list, but right now it's just not, it's not knowable now. Cause we don't know what the career is going to look like after that for Zelensky. We do know. I mean, the fact. I mean, that's just crazy to me. still that he didn't make um, an Olympic team, right? Whenever you hear that stat, you're like, "Man, that is that is actually insane that he didn't get that that Olympic opportunity." Um,
1: what's also What's also insane is this, that you said we're doing this podcast in 2030. Uh, if we're doing this podcast in 2030, we will have done over 2,500 episodes. We'll be on episode 2,600. So uh, yeah, that would be pretty impressive. That'd Come be pretty at me, incredible.
0: Mark, man. I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, next one. You'll like this one. You'll like this one because it has a college angle.
1: Will I like anyway. it? Okay, we'll see. We'll see if I like
0: it. Yeah, we, we, we got two more here. Uh, you can take these in any order. What if Virginia high school stars Drew Hunter and Noah Lyles don't turn pro in 2016?
1: And they go to Oregon and Florida, respectively.
0: Yeah, we'll keep that part the same,
1: but the other part. Okay. Changed. And do they go there for four years, or do they?
0: You get to decide that part. They just don't okay, go so, pro that year.
1: So 2016. So that means Drew Hunter and Ed Cheserick are on the same team, right? Because for one year. Yep. Yeah, and that means Lyles are on a four by one with Grant Holloway and on a four-by-four four with Grant Holloway. I mean, just the idea of the Lyles brothers, right, being there with Holloway, that team just would be the, the greatest, the, the most entertaining team of all time. Holloway and Lyles, I mean, in college as 18- and 19-year-olds where they just, like, are still, like, oh, my goodness. the it would It would have a huge ripple effect on the collegiate system because, obviously – The ripple effect is Florida is going to win every team title, right? But, like, think about the sprint stars that kind of came out of the woodwork in uh, Mm -hmm. 2017 and 2018. So 2017 was – was that the Eli Hall year? Or was it 2017?
0: So 2017 was Christian Coleman.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, Coleman, yeah. So 2017
1: was Coleman's run. 2018 Mm -hmm. was Eli Hall's indoor run. Mm-hmm. And then 2019 was like Devine Otaduru, right? So let's just assume Noah Lyles goes pro after two years. So Devine Otaduru still gets his run, but does Coleman, does, was he a junior? Junior year Coleman going up against freshman Lyles. So Florida Lyles versus Tennessee Coleman. That would be very interesting. That, well, would, rivalry that would, would be totally different now. Yeah. yeah. That would change it, man. Like, does that make them, like, does Coleman not like have the success he has if he comes out of college with taking multiple L's to Ly- Lyles? Come out of college, Eric, getting mu- multiple wins over Lyles. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. It would
0: those that, SEC meets, man. Those SEC meets oh, man. Would have been nuts.
1: <laughs> Coleman and Lyles, oh my! I can't just imagine. Yeah. And and then obviously. Uh, the four by four for Florida would make versus that you like USC's four by four maybe not be as good. Like imagine USC's four by four going up against the Lyles brothers, Grant Holloway and you know, whoever they want to throw in in there because you they would have it would be I mean, it wouldn't be interesting because we would get to see Lyles run four hundreds, right? We'd never get to see that. That's- like
0: well that's what I'm gonna say. He would have to have, he would have added another event, at least one other event. So yeah. One hundred, two hundred maybe, but then also they'd want to put him in the I would think he they'd put him in the four by four. So we'd at least get some some splits, some viral moments there.
1: Yeah, because we you'll never know how fast Lyles can run a four hundred in, because we see him run in high school, but he's not his best shape. But a nineteen five two hundred meter runner, mm-hmm. Lyles should be able to run. Should be able to split forty three something, right? Forty three low, if you're running nineteen mm-hmm. five. So, and maybe that makes Lyles become a two four guy, maybe right? Instead of a one two mm. guy. Like maybe he's yeah. like ooh, and then that makes the rivalry between Michael Norman and Lowell Lyles even better. And then that becomes a rivalry because then they're racing each other twice. Uh, so there's a lot, of, a lot of butterfly effects there on the on the Lyles side, on the Hunter side. Mm-hmm. Uh, We got to bring up – so the 2016 NCAA uh, cross-country championships, right? That's what we want to look up, right? we That see, would have been his first fall. Yeah, That would have been his first fall. So Pat Tiernan well, so or- won. Justin yeah. So Oregon, o- Oregon
0: had Matthew Maton coming back. Blake Haney would have been a sophomore. Prekel would have been a junior. And then obviously Ches is a senior.
1: Yes, yeah, so it's Chez. So they had Tanner Anderson still, Sam Prickle. I mean, the thing that, the thing about adding uh, Drew Hunter to Oregon, it really doesn't change much because Oregon is always going to have like multiple 356 type guys, multiple 355s or 358s. And I think Hunter would just been become another guy, in my opinion. I don't think – I think he just would have been another guy who, you know, can – get top three for Oregon, you know, like another, he would have been like a, like a, what's his name? You know, uh, Tier? Oh, not, no, the, the the miler, uh, Charlie Hunter. you had been like a Charlie Hunter where he's, hey, I could run 355.
0: Okay. Is that because his like last he, name is Hunter? No, no. Oregon, no, so Oregon going back to, to ever since Lanana got there, right? They've always had a draw a big name draw and if he stayed past when Chez left right it would have been he would have been top billing and I think right now they yeah they have some great runners you know they set the DMR world uh world record they set the DMR collegiate record this year but don't you think they would have liked to have another big name guy in the mold of a Centro a Weeding a Rupp a Chez I mean even I know Verzbikas was there for only like 20 minutes but all the attention and buzz around having him on their team generated just a lot of interest, a lot of interest. Like, and I think that would have been the same thing if they got, if they got Hunter. Now they have very good runners, but I think Drew Hunter was different. I mean, you're talking about a guy I know Matthew Mayton also um, ran fast in, in high school, but Hunter was on a, his high school career was, was. I mean, wasn't it the best miler men's mile career since, since Webb? Isn't that basically what people agree
1: on? Yeah, but, like, I also think we're looking back at the Hunter year and rose-colored glasses because a lot of high school kids are having maybe not the same type of career as Hunter in high school, but, like, near it, in my opinion. I think – I mean, Nico Young just ran sub-8 in the 3K. He ran 756. I mean, uh, people left and right are running 401, four-flat, and 359. I mean, Reed Brown Mm -hmm. was that. Sam Sam Worley was four-flat. Like – we, the the marquee of a sub four high school kid, I feel like is he would just been like a. I mean, he wouldn't have, there would he wouldn't be the only guy to break four in high school on his own team, and I think that
0: yeah,
1: I just well, think I that mean once like he a puts on game. the New Jersey, I just think once he puts on the New Jersey, he's not gonna be a uh like as I just think that he he's gonna run well. Don't get me wrong, and he might win, but like. The Mac Fleet won back to back 1500 meter titles, but it's kind of like he's just another guy who just who.
0: Well, but he was, but he you know. carried it for them. I'm I'm just saying they they needed somebody carried for him, and I think you can even though yes there there was another high school sub four guy on his team, but don't you think Hunter's ceiling would have been higher than than these other guys, and maybe you could have had a, another Oregon guy after Chez reel off some wins if he had stayed. Now this in this scenario. You know I have to have him staying at least a couple years, and maybe that's unrealistic. This would have been his senior, his senior campaign but, this year or fourth but my, year.
1: My thing is that Oregon is always going to have guys who can be top three in distance events, and but, he's but but he had the potential one. to
0: dominate. Don't you think he had the potential to dominate, though?
1: To dominate over Justin Knight. Yeah. I mean, who is in the fifteen
0: hundred? In the fifteen hundred.
1: In the fifteen hundred. All right. So, 100. who? What was it? What was it, 2017 Beefers, NCAA outdoor? We're bringing it up? So this is who it's made Kerr, the 1500 right? meters. Yeah. No. Uh. Yeah. Josh Kerr, Craig Angles, Justin Kiprotich. So like,
0: and then, I think and then, Josh then 18 Kerr was. Eight, eight, eight. Eighteen Josh was four and then 19 was Nagoose. So.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that, like, he's I, – I think Drew Hunter isn't going to – I don't think Drew Hunter dominates NCAA because, you know, he the training changes. He's back. He's now training in the system of Oregon with all the other guys. I just think that Drew Hunter comes out with – has, like, a Grant Fisher-type career. Okay. Where, like, yeah, okay. you win one, but you're always in the mix. You're always talked about. You know, you, you have a great kick, but then, like – a Pat Tiernan shows up, or you know, Justin Knight yeah. kicks you, or whatever, or your teammate. I just think that, um, that's I fair. don't think the legacy, d- I just don't think it translates that much. I think he just becomes another guy. And he, he I'm becomes just saying, another if guy, at
0: Oregon, it's I'm saying, when you win in Oregon, it's a little different, right? Because all the attention paid to that program. That's all I'm saying. Now, does it though. It, w- would it affect him now long? Well, I mean, I think for contracts and stuff like that. Now he got a good contract because he signed in high school. So yeah. that's, that's kind of irrelevant, but, and he's, he's in a good spot in his career. I think some, some people might say, oh, you know, you, you should run in college. So you get the experience, especially if you're a mid distance runner of running those tactical type races, those conference type races, um, they, they get you really sharp, but where he is right now, I don't think anybody can quibble too much with that.
1: Yeah. Might make things. I just think he that also could
0: have raced a ton, you know. He also yeah. could have ran his best race in in college, there's a possibility. Well
1: here's the thing, if Drew Hunter goes to Oregon, does that mean that Drew Hunter then transfers to Washington to chase the pals?
0: Yes, exa- no, I don't know. Sure, whatever.
1: And within his four years there, the pals left. Yeah. So maybe they don't leave.
0: Maybe they don't leave because they have Drew Hunter. Oh maybe
1: they don't leave. And then if they don't leave, yeah. that means Brody Hasty doesn't switch to NAU. There we go.
0: There we go. And now we get back to NAU. There we go. And the 2022, 2023, and 2024 NCAA cross catcher championships are forever changed. Last one. Last one I want to get off here before we go. What if – now, this is – admittedly, this is the stupidest one. I'll I'll admit this up Which means top. it's the best but, one. I mean, the NAIA has a marathon, right? They have a marathon in their championships.
1: Um, and the JUCO has a half marathon.
0: Yeah, D three JUCO has a half marathon. Wait, does regular JUCO or just D three JUCO? Oh uh, no, both
1: D one and D three have
0: have half marathons. There we go. Okay, so what if what if the NCAA had a marathon as part of its track program? Now you could look at this two ways. Okay, one, who's going to score all the points? Whatever. But also I was more interested in what would that do to marathon development in the United States? So when is this marathon held? The marathon is held the same weekend as the NCAA championships. Outdoor? In Austin, Texas. So it's really hot. It's like 100 <laughs> degrees. I don't
1: know. It's, it's, but it's is during But it, is, it is it held as like another event during track? Or is it held at its own championship?
0: Yeah. Maybe it's like, you know how they have the combined event, uh, sometimes different from the regular events. Maybe it's in a different location. Maybe it's in San Diego where the weather is fine all the time. I don't know, but it happens. Yes, it happens. And then the points go in there and it's in the springtime. So that way, if you're a senior, you could then go and run in the fall. Right. So value. Yeah. But You choose
1: between. Yes. Yes. You choose between track and marathon. You don't, They're not two different seasons.
0: There's actually a rule in place in my hypothetical that if you run the marathon, you can't do any other events.
1: Got it. Okay. So what if that happened? The marathon development?
0: Wayne Wayne Karate has all the wins.
1: Yes. I think it would be bad, in my opinion. I think it would. I think it would make. uh, I think it would make runners not as prepared. For the the next level, I think that I think it would increase the number of injuries because I think these young athletes are putting on marathon type miles, um, mm-hmm. and you know injuries happen a lot in in the collegiate system with so much different you know coaching styles, and I just think that a lot of these coaches might not know what marathon training does to an eighteen to twenty two year old especially if they're running four marathons in the first four years as like as an 18 to 22, like they're not just going to do it. Like, oh, you're running your marathon senior year. They're going to be like, all right, this year you run a marathon. Next year you're on a marathon. And I think,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: then you get ready for cross country. I think it would destroy uh, these athletes because uh, the only way it would be good is if, all the coaches have like a pack saying, Hey, we're not gonna we're not gonna go hard on this marathon, so let's just like make it turn it into a ten K where we kinda all just kinda cruise through the first, you know, twenty miles and then we can make it a race. But you know, there's yeah. always gonna be a coach who's like, No, I want points. Um and I just think it would kill the development of all these athletes. I think
0: Yeah.
1: You know, I think you need to learn how to when you're young, you need to learn – there's a reason why in high school they run a 5K across cross-country and then – or there's a reason why in middle school they run like the two-mile cross-country race. And then in high school they move to the 5K. And then college it's 8K, 10K, you know, et cetera, et cetera, moving all the way up. There's a reason for that. It's because your young body isn't made to put on these types of models. As
0: okay, much so as we don't he- want to admit
1: it, running is actually bad for your knees and your legs, <laughs> right? It is. What if they put in a rule, though, that
0: says you can't you can't do it until your junior year? Mm-hmm. I think it might be interesting just in terms of – because we always compare – we always see these comparisons U.S. to Japan, right? And Japan obviously puts not that much focus on the track, on the distance side of things. And they put everybody into the roads because Ekaden's are really popular and other road races are very popular. I, I mean, it would be interesting to see just from the talent discovery perspective because you have someone like – Des Linden, right? Who's really good at the marathon. It's not like she was blowing people out of the water in track in college, right? Um, Same thing on the men's side, right? There's all these people who now you could throw Rupp at my face and Abdi and all these other people who were really good in track and say, but I mean, it could change. There could be some people out there who were like middling 10,000 meter runners, and then the bump up in distance. And maybe they are able to run, you know, maybe they're like a, a 225 woman in waiting or a 210 guy in waiting. It's a bad, idea. I'm not proposing it. I'm just throwing it out, out as a what if. And you shot it down and you like every stupid idea. So that makes me think this is a really dumb idea.
1: Oh, I think it's a dumb idea, but I would totally enjoy it. <laughs> I would love coming out with form charts to see how, who's going to win, who's not going to win, what type of team leans towards the marathon versus cross country versus track. I would love that, you know? Mm -hmm. But uh, I also think that what you said though was like, ooh, maybe there's like a hidden talent. I don't know, man. I think that like,
0: I don't know. know, Like Shalane was really good in every event and she ended up being good. Kara was good. Like you look at the top, top, you're right. But I mean more like the depth. Like more like the people that aren't going to be your number one because the person who's probably going to be your number one is going to be someone who at some point was really fast in the ten thousand. There are exceptions, right? Like Lyndon is an exception, but there's also yeah. like you can you can throw Flanagan, you can throw Goucher, Huddle, Sisson, et cetera, et cetera. On the men's side, you can I, you can list Rupp and Meb. Meb was an amazing ten thousand meter runner. We forget it because yeah. he's been running the marathon for a hundred years.
1: Well, I just think that you're trying to say, "Ooh, we could find the next two twelve guy." And I'm like, yes. U.S. has enough. has I'm, enough two twelve guys. Like we keep on <laughs> it's actually bragging a about. Show that I want to start breaking 212 and be like, "Ooh, look at this guy!" You it said it, sub two twelve at Chicago, you know. Uh, but but
0: maybe they could be. But maybe if they're two twelve when they're twenty one, maybe that person can become two o seven when they're twenty eight. I don't know. Again, yeah. I needed five. Maybe. I needed five what ifs, and I got to four. And I well, to in this scenario. Me.
1: In this scenario that means we're going to see Drew Hunter run a marathon at age like 20 because he's going to Oregon and Oregon's going to look for the points they're going to see Drew Hunter killing it in workouts and be like hey man hey. got to go out there and score
0: just do a long run what about the half and, oh, as a result half?
1: you know what this will do though it would make all of the marathon debut money prize purses disappear cuz all the high school kids or college kids will have already run a marathon, so they won't be able to say this is their debut.
0: Okay. So I'm not selling you on that. Um, I feel like Ritz would have... I mean, a half. What about a half? Can I can I convince you for a half? half a, I,
1: that yeah, make, you can get me at the half. half would that marathon. make
0: a difference? Would that make a difference in terms of the, how deep the U.S. is in the marathon, if they're exposed to that long a race, at least? I feel like no. Ritz would have run something crazy in college.
1: Well, yeah. I just... I think also, like, you, you our development system is the NCAA system, right? That's how we develop our athletes. We don't have the D League. We have NCAA. Yeah. And
0: it's the G League, I, by the thing, way. Put some respect on one of the best basketball leagues in the world. Thank you.
1: The G League. Sorry, the G League. Uh, but, like, I just think that they're not – even if you throw in a half marathon, are they just going to run, like, multiple – like, they're, I think that there's still, like – there's. Still track meets that they're going to have to participate in. There's still cross country meets. Like it's yeah. not like they can be like, I'm exclusively a half marathoner and I run like three times a year. Like they're going to be like, why are we paying you scholarship money to run three times a year, right? Yeah. They're going to be like, no, you got to go run this dual meet. You got to do this. You know, you got to come up and run at this invitational. And I think that we like that's yeah, th- you just. You can't. You need to have that, right? I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but like,
0: I I think you could get some of these longer distance guys, the Tyler Day types, who are already in the midst of 10,000 meter training, and they're you know on the come up of their career. They're in a very competitive environment, throwing a, a couple additional long runs, and they could. I'm not saying go all the way to the marathon in in college, but I think they could run like really fast half marathons, as opposed to they wait until they're 24 because they've done college and then they try two years on the track. And then by the time they eventually get there, it's just a, it's like a different equation. I think you can, you can run a fast half while doing
1: other things. Well,
0: marathon, this is what we need to do.
1: We should, Hmm. we, they should, uh, they should give an extra two years of eligibility to all athletes and basically, the marathon season is during cross country season. So you have, like, you get to do cross country. You get to you get to you get six years of eligibility, and you have to use at least two of it on the uh, on marathoning. I don't know, something like that. So like, you kind of just like, because I think about this, like Tyler Day, he's a fifth year, right? He ran a half marathon mm-hmm. in Phoenix during the cross country season, and it like right. made sense. So maybe all these fifth years and six years. Instead of getting ready to run a 10K in Terre Haute, they get ready to run a, a fast half marathon or a fast yeah. marathon or whatever. And that's the way you can kind of keep their season kind of in check, where you kind of mimic when they would have prepared for a cross country season to now preparing for a, a road racing season. I don't
0: know. All right. But you giving to give them All more right. eligibility. I like
1: that. I like that. You and know what I miss, 45-year-old... man?
0: What? You know what I miss? What do you miss? Track. I miss track meets, man. I miss I was going through old races yesterday, old Grant Holloway clips, because we're making a Grant Holloway mashup and I have 45 minutes of Grant Holloway interviews. And I was like, I miss <laughs> the mix zone. I miss the mix zone. I is it always fun to be interview standing on your feet and interviewing for multiple hours a day? No, there's times when you're like, all right, I wanna I need to change up. I'll do something else. But I would give anything right now to be in a mix zone at the Send me to any meet. I would go if it got me out of this, I would go. I would interview whoever. I'll interview um, people running nine minute miles. I don't
1: care I, I will I'm gonna go clip this it. I'm gonna clip this clip because then I'm going to run this back when we're at the you know the I don't know the like Wisconsin Invitational or some random the twenty twenty three off year or not twenty twenty four off year Mount Sack. No, it
0: was Olympic Jordan, here, baby.
1: Hybrid, whatever. I don't know. And you're interviewing like the tenth place, you know, 10k runner. You, you're gonna want to kill yourself. And um, we run this clip back. It's like, hey, would you rather have this or Corona? And you're gonna be like, okay. So,
0: no, this this is it. I would love to interview tenth place, twentieth place, thirtieth place. I don't care. Like, I was looking at those Doha interviews too. We were doing, and I remember at the time, Lincoln and I were like, man this is crazy and weird, like we're not sleeping at all and we're on the other side of the world and it's 100 degrees. That seems so normal right now. That's the most normal thing <laughs> in the world compared to what we have right now. I just, I want to sit on the side all the time and sit in a restaurant. So I didn't mean to bring this episode down at the end. I just wanted to tell you that I missed track.
1: Yeah. I, and I, I haven't seen it.
0: you since NCAAs. Yeah.
1: So. I read that you missed doing... Nick's interviews, which is, I do miss track, but I'm not sure if I miss sure. mixed own interviews as much.
0: Oh, I, but if that's what it takes, I would like, I just the human interaction. Like I'm watching, or I'm, I'm watching an interview where I'm standing a foot and a half from a person with a camera. That just seems crazy right now. <laughs> 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 yeah. I can't stand a foot and a half from my brother who lives in town. I mean, it's just, uh, yeah. Anyway, flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. We didn't get to the emails today, but I think Lincoln we'll and I it. were doing the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll do like a, an all email show this week or a good chunk of it devoted to emails. So send your emails on your greatest what ifs or any other topic, flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. Also, remember, you can download the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you listen
1: to your
0: podcasts. Any last words, Gordon?
1: No. do Nope. Don't, uh, stay safe. Uh, stay safe.
0: <laughs> That was great. That was inspired. Thanks to Alon for producing. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll see you guys then.
1: Bye.